Welcome to the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Coming to you from Dallas, Texas. Here's your host, Tim Wilkins. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. I'm their host, Tim Wilkins, and I'm joined by the co-host of Co-Host Crows joining me. Chris is joining me. And uh, I have to say, today's topic is uh, arguably a a monumental in history. I think it's the first time ever that this topic has actually ever existed or actually ever occurred. We're speaking about the motion to vacate succession of Kevin McCarthy. He is now removed as the Speaker of the House. And Chris and myself will kind of go into more detail here, a little bit of what our thoughts were, because obviously this this topic especially got, I would say, more steamrolled, more momentum uh, as the month of September kind of wore out with this debt crisis that is looming. So um, that being said, Chris, I, I think today is a, a very... Just like I say with a lot of things that happen in government, it's a it's a tough day. Historic. But uh historic. I mean, listen, I mean we can go through the timeline here, Chris. I think we can both we we obviously pay attention to this, you know, even in our busy lives. We we kind of have been reading this for a while. It this this cloud has been looming for a while, uh, of of the motion to vacate that potentially could have happened, but we can go through the history, and I, I'll think I, I should go through the history of this. Is that what's what's not start at the beginning of Kevin McCarthy's speakership? But really, what happened here in the last thirty days first, and then we can kind of backtrack for the last thirty to how we got here, because the thirty days, what really has happened in the last thirty days here with. I think everybody has read on the news the budget, the yearly budget by the federal government is due. And this is where it kind of really the, I would say that the car, the, you know, it just, the train got off its tracks really quickly here, Chris. I think they, they went to the house of representatives. So this, so, I really, it's kind of hard for me to, to kind of go into detail on every single thing here, but I'm going to try to paint this into a picture where everyone can understand. The Speaker of the House and the House of Representatives adjourned in August for summer recess so congressmen and congresswomen can go back to their districts and do some work instead of doing some work that could have really resolved a lot of these issues here in September. But that kind of started this, in my view. the 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 lack of the appropriations bills being completed before the August recess. Then they came back and said, oh, crap, we got to get eight, which, by the way, based on the new new rules of the House of Representatives, these are now single committee appropriations bills. They're not an omnibus bill like back in the day with Nancy Pelosi. So you can't just say, hey, here's a 4,000-page document. Go pass it. So there's that. So you have that key issue. Um, the, the one thing, 
I, I will say, Chris, and I, I hope you can probably chime in here, is we really, I mean, I, I know I've been calling for the, the motion to vacate myself. As a conservative, I've been calling for it. And the reason why I've been calling for it is because he has failed on his promises as speaker since probably about Memorial Day and maybe even sooner. Uh, probably within the first month, he I, I can argue that he failed as speaker and probably a motion to vacate could have been started then. But Chris, I, I don't know your thoughts on this, but it's it could have been avoided. But I, I would say it's uh, he did it to himself. But Matt yeah, Gates, Matt Gates is no angel by any means of the imagination here, ladies and gentlemen, because what what he really did is undermine the entire GOP conference. And I understand he had to do what he had to do. But what he did in the final days before the motion to vacate was really, really eye opening as a conservative going, is he one of us still? And so. Chris, I want to hear your thoughts before I kind of go through the timeline of where I really thought he lost the speakership, but I'll let you kind of go in here. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't been as in tune, um, honestly, with everything going on, um, you know, in on Capitol Hill. But, you know, I was I was never a McCarthy guy to begin with. I was wholeheartedly against uh, McCarthy, even, uh, you know, back in back you know when when the republicans took the took the the house back you know i was wholeheartedly against him i didn't i didn't mind all the all the time that was being spent going through votes and and naming names and stuff like that so and i i knew at some point and you know cuz honestly the republican party constantly lets their their voters and constituents down so to me honestly it was no surprise i think the biggest surprise was that the motion to vacate actually happened. I mean, to be honest with you, when you think, you know, of the the uniparty and 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 all the different things that happened on Capitol Hill, you say, all right, well, you know what? I'm just at this point ready to be disappointed. <laughs> and I frankly was and was thinking, all right, it's just the same old GOP and same old, you know, establishment, you know, uniparty rhinos running running the party, you know, say they say they say certain things, but if they actually do them, but I'm, you know, I'm of the opinion that, you know, props to Matt Gates. You know, I, when it, when it comes down to it, I know you mentioned about, you know, the the idea that, you know, this 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 pissed off the, um, you know, the 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 folks at the top of the GOP. Well, <laughs> let's let's say for the matter of fact that the voters who constantly have given have given, uh, you know, they're re- given these representatives, uh and folks power uh to govern conservatively constantly let us down so it's like you know what screw it i i don't disagree with you buddy uh i just think that the way gates went about it with who he went about it with that's the way i kind of want to i want to premise that with it's not the idea okay the motion to vacate was in my view was was due to happen it was it was it was due to happen, and I and I mean that legitimately. It was bound to happen. I just think that him working with the progressive left uh, members of said um, of the said House of Representatives kind of puts a very weird 
let's say dark cloud over him a little bit. And I think he has some things that he himself, you know, I don't blame him for doing it. I just think I'm, I'm glad he was the one that did it. Cause it wasn't him. It chip Roy obviously said he wasn't going to do it. You know, even though he was the one of the guys that voted against McCarthy 15 times, chip Roy is a, as they say in Texas, <laughs> all hat, no cattle. And, uh, you know, he speaks a big game, but he's just all bark and no bite. That's what, uh, that's what, that's what Chip Roy is. And, and if anyone doesn't agree with me on that, they can look at everything he's done in Congress. He's, I understand he's a freedom caucus leader and, and all these other things, but that man has done nothing but fight the establishment, uh, in the GOP, the leadership and, and gotten zero accomplished in Congress because he just wants to be, I call it a speed bump or a thorn in their side. I will say, Chris, where I differ in this situation was it should have happened sooner. And I think you might agree with me on this. Yeah. He lied. He lied. Bonafide. Kevin McCarthy lied to the American people and he failed them when he said he promised that he would release the tapes from January 6th. That's where it started. Okay. That's yeah. where it started. He failed that situation first. He did not do that. Okay. Um, yes, there were some rules passed in the House of Representatives, and they actually are really good rules, by the way, Chris. Uh, I'm not sure if you noticed this by now. They don't take votes to the floor on bills. They have a 72-hour waiting period now. Yeah. 72-hour waiting period. It used to be within hours of a yep. vote. Go, they can call to the committee floor. They can call from the yep. committee floor to the chamber within hours. McCarthy which put a stop to that thanks to nuts. Pelosi. Yeah. So, yeah, which was nuts. So there was a lot of that. And, and I think a lot of it, there was just a lot of, and I think personally, Chris, and I know you don't read into every single thing, but I obviously am a complete nerd for this stuff. So, of course, that's just what I do. There was obviously an ethics violation or ethics investigation into Matt Gates based on his. Uh, there were some things that obviously transpired in the last Congress, uh, some legal out, you know, allegations that were prayed against him with trafficking and a bunch of other things. And those results of that investigation have not come to light. And so because of Kevin McCarthy. So am I saying that it's a personal vendetta between Gates and McCarthy? No, because if in the past McCarthy has defended Gates numerous times when things come up. And I, I just think that unfortunately it was telling though, and Chris, I think you can agree with me on this or disagree. It was very telling that you don't see Marjorie Taylor Greene vote against. She did not vote in favor of removing the speaker. Lauren Boebert in her usual she did not vote in favor of removing the speaker. Those two, obviously, when they talk about voting in favor of Kevin McCarthy at the time of becoming the speaker, voted against him 15 times. No, I didn't. So, no, Marjorie Taylor Greene voted for McCarthy. That's what I'm saying Bo to you. Same thing, same thing with Bobert. Oh, you're talking about back in the day, you mean? You yeah. Yeah. yeah, back in the day. After, yeah, I, I forgot about that. I apologize. Uh, yeah, she did. Bobert. Definitely voted against him then mm -hmm. and now, and she voted for him now. So I think a lot of these guys are getting cold feet 
when it comes to like, yeah, it sounds really good on paper of the motion to vacate, but they didn't know the implications of what will happen. Now we're, we're seeing right now kind of transpire here is a press conference on Fox news or across the media uh, platforms. It's been speculated that he's not going to go for speaker again. So who's going to be the next speaker of the house, Chris, that's where we're going to spend the next whether time we have left or unless you have some more awesome polarizing opinions. Speaking of, I know you're a Tar Heel. We were talking about this before we came on air. It is now the president pro tempore of the house, Mr. Patrick McHenry in, in how in charge of the house until we find ourselves a speaker. So congratulations on having a Tar Heel speaker, but uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, he's actually my, my congressman. So um yeah, I mean, yeah, I think we, I think we could, yeah, I think we can go through a short list of, of folks who we think could be, uh, could be, up and running for the next uh, speaker of the house. All righty. So, not to kind of dive into this, I call the dumpster fire of stupidity, because that's what this is now. Uh, our, our, I will say this as a as a conservative person and as a voter. I'm kind of embarrassed because we as a party can't seem to fall in line like the Democrats every time, you know, and it sucks that they, they, they can do that, but we sure to hell can't. We're like a bunch of kids on a playground that don't get along with each other. And then we all just kind of meet together at the end. Uh, I don't, but I, I, hold on. I, I, I don't <laughs> yeah. know if I fully, I, I don't know if I agree with that. I, I think, yes, we don't always fall in line, but you know, the idea that we're supposed, Here's the thing, and this is my opinion. The, the Democrats, yes, they, they fall in line, but the fact of the matter is they have no... Democrats, all they care about is power. The Democrats in the far left, all they care about is power, regardless of how they get power. I mean, look at, in the case of, of Dianne Feinstein. She was on her deathbed and still attempting to have her vote for these massive spending bills. As yeah. well as uh, mem- members of the judiciary, let's let's not forget that. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no. Um, how do I say this without having long pauses here? There's n- they have no standards. Republicans, to their credit and their fault, attempt to have standards, whereas Democrats, as long as uh, as long as they can get power that's the most important thing to them standards don't matter republicans well, I, attempt I, I, to have I agree standards. and i disagree and I, and i that's why i brought that point up because it's when we look at the list the short list of people that could potentially be the next speaker of the house it it is obviously a part of the government that is up until now with kevin mccarthy had very low standards and had low approval rating. I still believe Congress has probably the lower approval rating than Joe Biden does. Uh, he's probably he's probably in the 30s and they're probably within the teens at this point. So it's not that goes without saying that they're not the most popular bunch of the crowd in Washington. But does and this is where I'm going to kind of go with this and lead into this on the list of people? Do they go with an outsider? That has never potentially either a former member of Congress, or do they stick with the rank and file leadership that they have? And I, I will go through some names here, and I, I will kind of bounce bounce off ideas on who it could be, or you know who it won't be. 
you know, there's some names that I've seen presented and I don't have any grudges against any one of these members of Congress. I just think that uh, hopefully one will succeed and lead this Congress into the next vote in 2024. And uh, we continue hold a majority and grow the majority uh, because it's difficult as it is right now with only eight seats to, to get most things done in, in, in the house of representatives. And we seem to be, with this situation right now with Kevin, uh, the, the, the speaker, uh, former speaker of the House, it it definitely is going to put the House of Representatives at a standstill. And we're running real close uh, the 45-day stopgap. So it, it's definitely going to be different. So that being said, I'm going to throw out the first name, and you can deny me or thumbs up or kick me in the pants later. I'm going to go Lee Zeldin. Yeah. And and I think he, he should be the front runner if he is not so already um, because I don't know about you, yeah. Chris, but I think you watch New York and how he almost won uh, the governorship in New York as a pretty starch conservative uh, person in, in, in a state that's, I, we both grew up in the area. It is abundantly blue. So, I mean, for him to do as well as he did, uh, I think he should be recognized potentially as an opportunist to to take over the next speakership. Obviously, I know there's going to – I'm not sure the exact rules if that's even in contention because I know – I'm not sure if there's rules where you have to be a sitting member of Congress to be speaker. Heck, even Donald Trump's throw name got thrown out there a couple times on Twitter. I'm laughing about that one. Um, as much as I, I support the former president of the United States, let him win the presidency. You know, and uh, let him he's got enough on his plate right now. So heck, even someone threw out Newt Gingrich, the the man himself, the icon that is what we all think of as a powerful speaker of the house was Newt in 90 in the 90s. Of course, we were young. We were young kids at the time when he was kicking around the, the House of Representatives. But I don't know, man. Um, I know we're kind of talking in, in circles here, but I think the big one is really going to be, does it go establishment? Like, uh, nothing against Steve Scalise. I'm a whole, I'm a huge fan of Steve, uh, Congressman Steve Scalise. Um, huge, huge fan of his, but I, I don't know if he's willing to take on the ropes and the reins of that. Obviously he did take a bullet for the country. Um, Literally for being a concert. And, and, and on top of that, you know, um, obviously Patrick McHenry will probably get a recommendation. Um, Jim Jordan. Um, I, the only person that I can see succeeding Scalise in a vote would universally be Jim Jordan. This is his house. Yeah. I, I hate to say this, but it's his house. This has yeah. been his house for four years. And so if it's not Steve, Congressman Steve Scalise, it's Congressman Jim Jordan from the great state of Ohio. And that's, it's, it's, I don't think it's anyone else. I don't know about you, Chris, but it's, it's gotta be those, it's either those two. I'm sorry, Elise Stefanik. I, I, I like you a lot. Great congresswoman, I mean, but I, I'm sorry, but not sorry about it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, I don't think you have the, the leadership chops to, to do what we're about to ask you to do here. And it's, it's only, only three people. You know, I, I think 
Matt Gates, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, maybe he gets recommended. I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't know. I, I doubt he gets it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't. I don't know. Let's see your thoughts uh, on this because I, I don't. I mean, I mean it's, it's a top, it's a topsy turvy list, man. I, I mean, in my opinion, I, I, I don't. I, I, I do. I mean, out of all of them, I would. Th- I mean, out of all, I'd say Jim Jordan's probably the best. The question is, is would Jim accept? I think. I think the chances are. I don't know. I think the chances are slim. I mean, I think you've got to. The problem is now. Okay, now that you've ousted a, an establishment. Um, you know, an establishment figure getting an outsider, getting the getting the number of votes you need for an outsider seems to be a very tall task. If you you know, if you upset one side, then the other side's going to have even more trouble. Um, you know, yeah. Do I think Scalise could be a could be a, a decent stopgap between them or Jim Jordan? I think yeah, they're probably the two strongest ones. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a big Elise Stefanik fan. I think she's kind of wishy washy. I wish honestly. I mean, this is just me looking at it from my perspective, I wish we'd stop having so many blue state Republican leadership folks. I mean, I, I don't, I don't understand sometimes why we get, fo- you know, we have leadership from California, from New York, from, you know, I mean, it's just to, these states are already. I mean, know, I can kind of go into the details of that. It was, it's how Kevin McCarthy navigated through Congress, man. He was, yeah, he's a he's been there a long time too. So like, you got to keep in mind too. Which that might these be a guys, best. <laughs> That's a problem through, in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, I know that these guys go through elections every two years, and they have to raise a certain amount of money. They they have a lot of thresholds they got to cut through, and they kind of go through things. But as well, I mean, Steve Scalise. The only thing I think that's holding him back from doing it was Kevin McCarthy. That yep. last, like, I'm talking about in January. We're talking about in January now, when they went to vote. He wasn't going to go. Because he, he, him and I hate to say this, but Kevin McCarthy and Steve Scalise have come up through the ranks together. Yeah. Obviously. And, and so he wasn't going to outshadow or, or outshadow Kevin in a situation up until this point. Do I, do I legitimately see Steve Scalise getting the vote? Potentially. Would I, would it be my perfect number one pick? Chris, I think universally, I, I think both of us can agree. Jim Jordan is the bulldog and the guy behind the scenes that can really yeah. move move the party and move the people in the right direction and and be a unifier as well. Because as much as he's a bulldog and he does a lot of things for the oversight committees and things, there's other guys that are coming up in the ranks too that can take on that role and let Jim kind of, I say, pass the torch in a sense. But let him pass the torch, you know, and that's where I look at it. You know, I, I look at Jim as a guy that he has done the good fight. He has fought the good fight each and every single time. He speaks his mind clearly, concisely, he does media really well um, of all types of media, even progressive media and, you know, mainstream and in conservative media. And I, I think it's only those two guys. I, as much as I like to see Lee Zeldin in the mix, um, I know that's kind of a hunch of mine. He's he's a he's a heart. He's a, he's a one of us. He's he's a conservative. He's not he's not a blue dog conservative. He's he was a he was a guy that nearly and I would say nearly beat a very liberal person and only lost by I would say what was it? I think 80 votes, 80,000 votes total and that was 
that's not bad for a Republican. They usually we get we get trounced up there. So I I hope it's I hope Lee Zeldin gets at least a vote, you know, roll call vote on it and see what they do. Um, they're gonna have a meeting so everyone can keep track of what's gonna happen here. They're gonna have a meeting uh in conference tomorrow morning, I believe. And they're gonna do a they call it a, a not a contender or what do you want to call it? Um what they actually call it formally. It's just a, a, a kind of, I guess, a, a part of their conference committee meetings. They, they're they going to see who the next potential candidate, oh, sorry, candidates meeting is what they call it. And they're going to figure out who the next candidates could be. And I, I think what you're going to see, and you're also going to see a very pissed off conference when they come out of the fucking, out of that room. They're going to be pissed off at Gates because uh, the reason why they're going to be pissed off at Gates, Chris, I think you can agree or disagree with me on this, isn't the fact that he did it. It's when he did it. It's the timing of which when he did it. He could have waited till after this budget happened, but he didn't. And the reason being also, if you look back on the votes on it, look back on the votes on it, him and the Democratic side of the aisle basically cut funding for a couple other things in the appropriations bills. So there's a lot of animosity between these guys right now. And it's because it's being chippy right now. It's a lot of chippiness and it'd be interesting to see what happens, Chris. I think we both can agree with that. I'll let you have the last word, man. I know I'm talking my, my ear, your ear off there. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I listen, I'm, I'm a little more, uh, I guess I'm a little, I'm a little more pessimistic in this whole situation. Cause I'm like, you know, a lot, how much of this is just political theater? You know, do I, do I, I, Listen, I wholeheartedly would love to see a conservative party actually govern conservatively and stop and stop the at the absolute out of control spending that has plagued our country. I mean, we're I mean, we're we're going off a cliff, you know, McCarthy, you know, McCarthy, the Republicans. I mean, as I've said for years, you know, they Biden can be up. Biden can be ready to jump. And for some reason, Republicans always seem to help him walk him walk him back from jumping and the frustration level gets to the point where it's like you know what this is this is just ridiculous um do you know maybe and i think maybe a uh, this is a long shot name i was just sitting here thinking about while you were talking you know is is probably byron donalds but i don't i don't think he's i think he's probably on the absolute like low end of of the of the totem pole i know his name was mentioned in the back in the fir- when in the original um speaker speaker of the house uh nominations back in back in january so um you know that, that that might be a long shot name that you know maybe you could see but yeah i mean i again I, i'm more or less just let see how this thing plays out there's so much there's so much you know conversations going on and you know again i'm 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 of the opinion, let things play out and see how it goes. And, um, but no, I mean, we, 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 I was never a McCarthy guy to begin with. I was never a fan of him. I thought he got rolled constantly, you know, and I thought it was just a a series of ridiculous empty promises that we knew was not going to happen. So, um, yeah, just hope for the best here for the sake of the country. Yeah. I, I think we'll, we'll have it all figured out here probably by the end of the week. It's just a matter of, uh, how it all plays out. Uh, Kevin McCarthy has confirmed, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, that he is no not running for speaker 
uh, in a press conference, he has confirmed that he is not running for speaker after his ouster of the motion to vacate. So basically, he's going to go back to being a high-ranking member of the conference, no longer the speaker of the House. And uh, that's going to be that. I mean, it's going to be – we'll see what happens. I know Matt Gates is probably about to be expelled from the from the conference right now, the way this has sounded. Every single guy – Crenshaw is no better. I hate to say it. Mean, a lot of, yeah. it, it. These guys are no better, but like it's well, hilarious. Yeah. I, I will say what surprised me, Chris, about this whole Matt Gates thing, and we're gonna do this with to close out here, uh, is your our our good, the great one, Mark Levin, and how he was a starch antagonist against Matt Gates. And I have never heard him, I would say, ever go against one of his own in his own party. But I did hear him do it last night, and I said, "Uh-oh, that's not good." Because <laughs> uh, I, 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 I mean, I know, I know, I know. Listen, everyone has a different opinion about Mark Levin, but like, he doesn't challenge. Like, he's he even said it. The actions by Gates here, as much as the motion of AK is warranted in certain situations, the actions predating, pred, you know, predecessing that is not what it was. Like, it there's more to meets the eye here. Of why they did the motion of vacate, and other than just him not failing, failing the American people supposedly or allegedly, I mean, everyone can debate about that or not. You know, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and, and spend another ten minutes on it. But did everything go according to plan? No. <laughs> uh, could we have won a bigger majority in the House? Absolutely, and we didn't. So, um. Yeah, man, I think this is a good way to cut it off here. But I think everyone, thank you for joining us on this special edition, uh, special breaking news episode of, uh, you know, politics, which we haven't talked about in a while. But Chris, thank you for joining me. Everyone have a good rest of your week. Don't work too hard. Thank you for listening to the Yankee Cowboy podcast. Feel free to follow us on social media via Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. Facebook.